earlier today. North Dakota ag experts at NDSU, they held a press conference to really sound the alarm about the fact that there have been no orders for soybeans for the last seven weeks at least. Now growers are very concerned about, hey, what are they going to do with their crop? Harvest is here. So what's the next move? Some elevators are not even buying beans right now. And so NDSU Extension crop economist and marketing specialist Frey Olson said this earlier today at the press conference. So as we move into this harvest season, I want farmers to be prepared, not just to store soybeans for a couple months. In my opinion, they need to be, be prepared to store into the summer of 2019. That is a very bold statement. So just how serious of a situation is this for our great ag producers? Well, joining us live tonight from our studio in Bismarck is North Dakota Ag Commissioner Doug Goring. Commissioner Goring, great to have you with us, sir. To me, that was a very powerful statement there from Mr. Olson. Store your beans until the spring or summer. Obviously, you're talking to a lot of ag producers. How serious, how bad of a situation is this right now for our farmers? Well, it's creating a lot of anxiety. We have a lot of producers that are are certainly supportive of taking these positions and trying to deal with uh, some of the issues that uh, resulted in this trade dispute and trade war with China. The fact that there's technical trade barriers in place, there's uh, a lack of respect for intellectual property, and there's forced uh, technology being moved into uh, their country when they have an acquisition or a partnership here in the United States. But with that, they also recognize that we got to move a crop. And some of the things that are being worked out right now is trying to figure out, I'm sure, at the elevators and with grain brokers, how we're going to move this crop, which way it's going to move. Historically, our crop moves to the west, into the Pacific Northwest, and into the China markets. We're going to have to look at more uh, opportunities in the Pacific Rim at Vietnam, with Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, uh, Japan. And we also recognize that across the world, uh, we got some major droughts in Australia, Russia, Europe, and Argentina had a short crop this year. So there's going to be opportunities. But I think the biggest thing that we're going to be affected by is the fact that the basis is going to be much wider than it has been in the past, simply because we're not moving them to the west. We're going to be putting them on rail and moving them to the Mississippi, either to St. Louis or down to New Orleans. And I think a lot of elevators are trying to figure out how that's going to work. Now there might be some other opportunities because we are actually going to be short on beans globally. Uh, that maybe by November, December, after the election, there may be some uh, some beans shaking loose from our grain bins. <laughs> so I want to I want to speak to that, Commissioner, because uh, Nancy Johnson was at Senator Heidi Heitkamp's uh, ag meeting. You were there as well. She said, "Hey, look, if even if we did all hands on deck, and it was sort of a red alert alarm, we're still talking 60 days until we can get everything back in motion to move some beans." So I want to. Share that because it creates some context to the next comment. You've been quoted as saying something similar to this. Today there was an article that mentioned this in this USA Today, and I want to get your response to it, sir. This is uh, Mike Dawson. He's an analyst at the Sterling Marketing uh, A research firm. He says China's going to need U.S. soybeans come the fourth quarter simply because they, you know, they harvest in the spring in Brazil. There's not going to be enough beans to feed all of China and the pork that they like to eat over there. <laughs> 
how good of an analysis is this and how fast can we start seeing some North Dakota beans going back to China because of this demand? Well, keep in mind that it only takes about uh, 20 to 30 days for beans to actually leave the U.S. and end up in China's ports. Our biggest uh, challenge will be, are the trains ready to haul them when they're ready to take them? So it, it's going to be a little bit of a maneuvering. Uh, we may be able to sell the beans, but then uh, the elevator is going to have to be ready to take them, load them, and send them down the rail. The other thing I want to share with you was announced today in a Bloomberg interview with President Trump. Sir, it sounds like next week he's going to levy another $200 billion in tariffs on Chinese goods and products. Uh, with that being said, you and I both know, look, there's no real public outcry that can change President Xi and the leaders in China. What they say goes, some people are suggesting they may continue to try to squeeze the U.S. and even use some of their emergency beans to prevent them from buying U.S., i.e. North Dakota beans. What's your assessment of that? Well, I'm sure they're going to do anything they can to save face and to do what they need to do or what they feel they need to do. Uh, without ignoring the situation completely in their country, they are a country that needs a lot of plant protein, not only for human consumption but also for feed. And that's just to make uh, plant uh, meat protein. So they got some real challenges ahead. They are going to run out of uh, the beans they purchased from Brazil. Uh, as we get into this winter, and they're going to have to start thinking ahead. Otherwise, they're going to have a dramatic effect on their economy. Some have said, well, it's a communist system. What do they care about their people? That may be true to a point, but I think it all boils down to you need to eat otherwise, or you're going to have major unrest, and it is also going to have uh, a real dramatic effect and impact on their economy. You know, Commissioner, you hear a lot about, uh, hey, some short-term pain for long-term gain. What is that long-term gain? You mentioned Vietnam and some other countries. I mean, it takes time to develop these trade relationships. So, so what do you see as the long-term gain being, and is this going to end up being worth it? Well, I'd have to hope that it is. I believe that there's some real issues here that need to be resolved. Uh, when we look at technical trade barriers, I've dealt with them personally <clears throat> because North Dakota issues anywhere between four to 6,000 uh, phytosanitary certificates for export every year. And China tends to be one of the toughest ones we have to deal with. Almost uh, every other year, I got to go to the Shanghai Port Authority and talk to them about some of the games that they're playing with some of the commodities, our commodities in North Dakota, that end up being rejected uh, or else just uh, denied the ability to be marketed, sold, and released there at the port. And. Uh, once you have those conversations with them, you show them the errors of their ways, we then seem to get some relief for 12, 14, 16 months, but then they're kind of back at it again. These technical trade barriers have cost companies in North Dakota alone millions of dollars. These games need to be stopped. Let's keep up with the spirit and the intent of trade, which is in the agreement which is let's do it right, let's have right. standards in place, and not let's play games to steal product. I was going to say, what people don't understand is a lot of times China's doing that purposefully to try to lower the price, and then they get a good deal, and they're like, hey, look, look a week. I want to touch on two more things with you, sir. One is this uh, trade assistance program, this farm aid, what I call kind of a farm bailout because of these tariffs and this trade war. Uh, I want to know what you're hearing from the corn growers because soybean growers are getting a buck sixty-five per bushel. Corn growers getting a penny. 
When they were at Secretary Ross's roundtable, they were not happy about that. What are you hearing about this trade assistance program? We, uh, I actually had a conversation with uh, Secretary Perdue recently about the, uh, the issue, and I know that some of what they pulled for data goes back a ways. When I talked to the uh, corn growers, national corn growers, about their numbers, because some farmers actually questioned them, when they said 44 cents, they've, they've claimed that there is uh, harm up to 44 cents because of tariffs. That was based on looking at May when we had the height of the price on corn based on where they are today. A lot of farmers say right now the price of corn is either 20 or 30 cents higher than where it was uh, last year. So there was some confusion over that. I think this is a matter of uh, USDA probably getting a chance to maybe take a look at it again. But what they're looking at, they're saying, you know, it only justifies a penny. Um, I didn't do the, do the work. I know that when I was questioned about it, I did talk to the national corn growers to find out where they get their numbers, how they do their study. Yeah, it almost seems like a kind of a thumb in the eye, if you will, to the corn growers. Last question, sir. There are some rumors, even PM uh, Justin Trudeau is suggesting that a NAFTA deal could get done by tomorrow. One, what are you hearing about this U.S.-Mexico bilateral trade deal? Bottom line, what does it mean for our farmers? And two, what are you hearing? Is a NAFTA deal going to get done tomorrow? Well, I can't tell you if it's going to get done, but it'd be great if it did. Uh, I'm glad that we got an agreement resolved with, uh, with Mexico. I think that was the right step, the first step in the right direction. We uh, have had very few issues really with Mexico. Most of our issues have existed with Canada. I think now that we're both at the table, uh, it has brought Canada back to the table. We have some serious issues there to, to address, but I believe uh, maybe we can get something real soon. That would uh, be fantastic because we have the Tri-National Accord coming up, which is all three countries, all of uh, the ministers, the ag commissioners, secretaries, and directors all attend this meeting together to talk about trade irritants and how to develop a better working relationship and, and put some standards in place that we can all accept, understand, and live by. Well, it's just you get the sense, Commissioner, that the farmers look, look, just give me a win. Just give me something that I can go, okay, there's some positive movement yeah. for my industry. North Dakota Commissioner Doug Goring, we always appreciate your time and insight, sir. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Have a great night. You too. We'll talk to you soon. All right.